Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us on another edition of the Fantasy Magnets. Is that what we're called, JB? That's it, the Fantasy Magnets, baby. Here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. Of course, that was JB, who's joining me, Wes Easley. You can find me on Twitter, at Loafinit on Twitter, and you can find JB at Fantasy Coach JB. And you just posted one of your articles today that we're recording this on Thursday, and you just reposted your article for Razzball today, didn't you? Yes, sir. Every Thursday, the sexy flexies come out. <laughs> what we do there is I highlight two under-the-radar sleeper-type flex plays each week, not the obvious guys, not the guys that you're normally starting in your running back or wide receiver slots. It's usually a guy who, you know, you won't start every week, but he's a good rotational piece in your flex spot. So I take uh, the Fantasy Pros consensus ratings, and I only can put players in that are ranked 60th or later at the flex position for the week. And I find two guys that are in that, that I call my sexy flexies for the week. So you can check that out over on rasball.com or at fantasy coach JB on Twitter. It's my pin post. Uh-oh, how did you come up with that name? I see you coming up with that name standing in front of the mirror, actually. <laughs> Going, I am too sexy for this flex spot, too sexy for this flex spot. <laughs> Who did who did you did you choose from uh, Muhammad Sanu this week again? Because- not this week, not quite yet, but he's back, baby. I know he would be back. I told you he'd be back. I'm so happy for him, and he landed in a pretty good spot too. Yeah, uh, where was it that he landed? San Francisco. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's uh, a yeah. team that's in dire need of a wide receiver, of a sure-handed wide receiver that Jimmy can rely on. And it, it, no, that's listen, listen. I got you. We don't have to go through the whole Muhammad Sanu <laughs> thing again. Let's wait until he catches a pass before you start honking that horn again, JP. That's why he's not a sexy flexi yet. He'll be there <laughs> soon, though. I think. Let's jump ahead of these ball games because we have one that's kicking off here very shortly, and I need your help. I don't know what to do in the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Brown game necessarily. I, I have. Kareem Hunt sitting on my bench. And he got so much work the other night. It, it almost doesn't even look like a timeshare. It actually looks like Kareem Hunt is a little more trusted or a little more liked than Nick Chubb. He got a lot of the first down carries and reps too, which tell me he's not a backup running back. No, and and they've always kind of been a, a 1A, 1B since the middle of last year. And you know, people were drafting Chubb several rounds higher than Hunt, and I still think Chubb is the guy. I think Chubb is the main back, the 1A to the Hunt 1B. I think a, a game like this one is going to be a Chubb week. You know, it's obviously it, it's it, it wasn't fun for fantasy managers who have Chubb to see him only rush 10 times last week. Um, but I think how I'm reading this offense is that on close games, you're going to see more Chubb. And on blowout games, either way, winning or losing, you'll see more Hunt. I don't know. That's just kind of how I'm reading this. I think this is going to be a game where they try to get Chubb going, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him go over 100 yards tonight. My roster, though, is kind of set up real nice with some running backs. And this week, I I think it's a bounce-back spot for Kenyon Drake. Maybe a little bit. Maybe. I'm not sure in Washington if that's true or not. But uh, I also have David Montgomery. I got... Uh, Ronald, your guy, Ronald Jones. And I just, I, I, I don't know if I could put Chubb in over that. And even David Johnson, David, that's who I need. I need to start him over David Johnson. Don't I? I think so. I don't like David Johnson's matchup this week. So I would start him over Johnson. Oh, JB, you got me nervous. I've been thinking about this. <laughs> one. Uh, oh, against Cincinnati. Here we are. Would right you now. rather run against Cincinnati or would you rather run against the Ravens? Yeah. Yeah. Let's no, go. You're right. Chubb for a hundred. Uh, and, and you know the New York Giants didn't play well. Uh, didn't play too bad against. Oh, see that's the other one. David Montgomery against the Giants, and I'm I'm just all right. We're going. We're going. So I need to take <laughs> though. I need to put Kareem Hunt in my running back spot because he's a running back, not in my flex spot though. Uh, just to be able to have that flexibility, right? Yeah. Always don't don't start a Thursday player in your flex. Uh, always try to leave that. Like you said, flexibility. Never start a Thursday player in your flex, even if you're you're putting one of your studs in your flex spot. Put the Thursday guy in there because you never know what's going to happen. Your stud might get hurt tomorrow. You know, COVID off, COVID year, and who knows? So always leave yourself that room in the flex. 
So I'm going to start Kareem Hunt just so I have somebody to blame if he has a bad game. Uh, hey, I'm on Chubb. I'm on Chubb. Oh, no, it's, it's <laughs> oh you're on Chubb. Okay, oh man. All right, all right. I'm starting Kareem Hunt. Uh, let's see. Who else are we sticking with on the Cleveland Browns? Do we like want anything to do with any other pieces of that offense? It's so tricky. I mean, I Baker looks terrible, doesn't he? I mean, yeah. I, he just I don't know that I could trust him even against Cincinnati. And Cincinnati didn't do so bad last week. They should have won that game if it wasn't for an offensive pass interference call. So uh, I mm. wouldn't start anyone with confidence, but you kind of have to. You know, if you drafted Odell and Odell's one of your wide receivers, kind of got to run him out there this week and hope that he, he puts up something for you and, and shows returns you some of that draft capital. I, I'm away from Austin Hooper. I've been off Austin Hooper. I don't trust him. I don't know, you know, Landry's kind of banged up. So it's a tricky offense to, uh, you're going to put those guys in and close your eyes, you know? They did perform pretty well. We almost had our pick right last week, JB. I, I you know, I, I said the Cincinnati Bengals in my elimination tournament thing, whatever it was, and I was one play away. Actually, I don't even think that the Chargers won that game. I think the referees won that game is what I think. I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough call to make at the end of a game like that, isn't it? Yeah, that really is. It's almost like one of those situations where you want it to be more NBA-ish, where they let them play in the fourth quarter, you know, and just it, you kind of tuck the whistles away. But I guess a, a penalty is a penalty. Uh, but, man, that, it, that was a dime. He threw a dime, and yeah. A.J. Green came up with a great catch. Oh, man, it was so close, so close. I'll I was, tell I was you so what. close to being a genius. I was so close. Yeah, and I thought about you, too, when that happened, because I know you and me were the only ones that picked them on the Fit Picks, and I know you had mentioned taking them in your survivor pool. So when that happened, I was like, oh, and I thought about you. I'll tell you what, though. Joe Burrow looked good running that two-minute offense to, to yeah. bring them down there for that game-winning drive. He looked pretty good. I, I give the kid a lot of credit for the poise he had in that drive. Who who do you like to stick with on Cincinnati? I almost feel like we could fire up almost everybody. Auden Tate's not going to play tonight. I, I almost feel like we could fire up all those offensive weapons tonight. Yeah, I want to see a bounce back from Mixon. Everybody's been down on Mixon after kind of a, an off game last week. But the Chargers defense is pretty good up front, so I, I wouldn't sell Mixon off yet. I think Mixon has a bounce back game. But one guy I'm really looking at is Tyler Boyd. I think Tyler Boyd's going to have a really good game this week. He's going to be matched up against fifth rounder Darius Phillips, who's Nothing that I'd be afraid of. Probably never heard of the guy. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of Boyd. Actually, if Boyd lines up in the slot, you know, he the the Bengals let up a lot of slot offense last week, and I think Boyd will be moved around the field a lot. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go for eighty and a touchdown. I think he's a guy who's who's going to help his fantasy owners this week. Also, coming off a bounce back. We just talked about all the injuries in Denver, and they're going to have to face the Steelers in Pittsburgh. I don't, I don't like I, this game. is going to be unexciting. Is that a word? Unexciting. I don't know if it is or not, but I am going to take the Steelers in this one. Yeah, it depends on what kind of football you like. I'm a Tampa Bay Bucks fan who fell in love with them in the '90s for that ferocious defense, and watching that Pittsburgh defense on Monday night last week was awesome. I really enjoyed watching those guys. You know, obviously you know any Watt brother is going to be a stud. And, and I think that Pittsburgh actually has the better of the Watt brothers now. I think TJ is definitely the better Watt brother. But watching Bud Dupree come off the end, Hayward up the middle, man, that's an awesome defense to watch, isn't it? Yes, it is. I think that they're a lot of fun. And on offense, they weren't too shabby. And it's looking like James Conner is going to be able to suit up, even though he'll be uh, battling a high ankle sprain, I, I went all in on Benny Snell. I don't know if I if I ended up getting Benny Snell in our Raz Bowl league or not. I think I bid like three bucks to get Benny Snell just because I was so desperate. I needed a running back in that league. Yeah, I actually bid. I'm pretty weak at running back in in the Raz Bowl also, and I bid five bucks on him, and I was hesitant to. He went for ten bucks in my league, so I am I didn't get him there. And I do think that we're still going to see some Snell, even if Connor suits up. I think he'll still have a role, especially this week, while they kind of ease Connor back in. I think they will share the load a little bit. What I did like to see from Pittsburgh's offense, and both of us were kind of off Ben and off of that offense. We both picked the Giants last week because we wanted to see it first. What I liked and what I saw, Wes, is that it looked like they're scheming their offense for him to not have to take big shots. 
They're taking guys like Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster, letting them run short and intermediate routes, getting the ball in their hands quickly, and letting them make plays. I think if they continue to run their offense that way with those playmakers, I think that they'll be successful and they'll take care of Ben and his arm that way. Yeah, let's not forget that they were facing the Giants' defense. And at times, I thought that Giants' defense didn't look too bad uh, getting to Ben Roethlisberger and applying a little bit of pressure. But this week, they'll be taking on the Broncos. I don't know, other than Noah Font, uh, if I want to trust anybody this week in that. I don't even know if I want to trust them. Noah Font against the Steelers' defense. It's crazy because you think about it from a baseball perspective, right? If you get Jacob deGrom on the mound, you're going to think about benching your hitters. And I feel like the Pittsburgh defense is kind of getting like that, where if you see the Pittsburgh defense, I, I'm trying to look for a way to not start Melvin Gordon in a league that I have him <laughs> because I don't want anything to do with him after you saw what the Pittsburgh defense did to Saquon last week. Yeah, I just I, I would I would look for other avenues as well. Definitely not a DFS uh, slate for either one of those two games, if you ask me, because I don't know who to trust on the Steelers right now. I think that they could feed any of those wide receivers, and I don't know what's going on in the backfield at this point. All right. Yeah, you're right. And on the outside, though, I will mention that Deontay Johnson and the way they were treating him like a wide receiver one was very encouraging. He got 10 targets, and they were almost treating him like he was Antonio Brown, which he's certainly not. But I think if, if they do continue to pepper him like that, it'll be good for him, and it'll be good for Juju. We have the Panthers traveling to your Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. Uh, I I don't know what you think about this game because I know that you drink a lot of Tampa Bay Kool-Aid, but Carolina didn't look that bad, and Tampa Bay, they didn't look that good, JB. Yeah, and I didn't even pick the Bucks to win last week because I, as much as a Bucks fan as I am, I'm also a realist. And you have a new quarterback coming into a new system without with a weird, funky off season. And playing one of the best teams in football right off the bat in their stadium week one. So I was not surprised that we lost the game. I don't think we looked as bad as everybody said that the Bucks did. Um, you know, Brady made a couple mistakes. One of them was a miscommunication with Evans. The other one was just a bad mistake. I think he'll clean that up. He's Tom Brady. What was encouraging to see was the Buccaneers defense. Obviously, we know that front seven is one of the best in football, but that young secondary is one of the question marks that everybody had about the Bucs, and they really stepped up. Carlton Davis locked down Michael Thomas. Sean Murphy Bunting was making plays. Antoine Winfield coming out of the safety spot. The rookie was coming down and making plays all game long. That young secondary looked awesome last week who didn't look awesome was the left tackle donovan smith and unless he starts blocking people brady's going to be in for a big in for a rough year he needs to start blocking people yeah and i i think that you can have a lot of fantasy success by firing up any of those buccaneers are we waiting for the leonard fournette breakout is that coming this week or can we still be very confident in firing up ronald jones a second yeah, I think Ronald Jones looked good. He ran the ball well last week, and I think that they'll continue to give him the rock until he proves otherwise. I mean, the Panthers, I, I think, are atrocious. I've said it before. They're going to be a terrible team this year. They gave up 34 points at home against the Raiders last week. Their their defense is, is they're the youngest defense in the league. Their cornerbacks are awful. They lost their best cornerback in the offseason. They got a rookie safety also. It, I just feel like they have nothing good on defense and that the Bucks are absolutely going to take advantage of that this week. We don't have any worries of firing up CMC. I don't know that you can, if, you, if you're having to start Teddy Bridgewater, I, I don't think that you had a really good draft anyway. And I don't know that you are, I want to fire up DJ Moore. I, I don't know who else on the wide receiving core that you would want to put in there. Robbie Anderson is one of those guys that gets the big plays, and he did last week. So that means this week he's not going to get one in my in my book. Yeah, I I wouldn't start any of the pass catchers. I think that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be under pressure from the Bucks front seven. I think the young secondary is playing with a chip on their shoulder, so they'll be locking up those wide receivers long enough for the for the front seven to get to Teddy. Um, McCaffrey obviously is McCaffrey. You're going to start McCaffrey in your season long leagues. I would not recommend starting him in DFS because he didn't have uh, good games against the Bucks last year. And that front seven focuses on shutting him down. Obviously, he's the most expensive piece to a DFS puzzle. So this wouldn't be a week I'd spend up for him. Uh, and and uh, like you said, the 
Panthers just let Las Vegas run all over them last week. I could see a lot of big success for Ronald Jones and DFS this week. San Francisco goes to the New York Jets. Uh, the jet, reports were that the Jets were just a couple of big plays away from winning that ball game last week. I I don't know if that's true or not. I, I don't I don't understand what they're looking Whose at there. Reports were that. <laughs> that's what the coach said, man. The coach said they're about five big plays. They missed five plays or something. I can't remember. <laughs> I, I don't I don't I don't trust a word coming out of. But Frank Gore is going to end up being in the backfield for the Jets against that stout 49er defense. But this week they're missing Richard Sherman. At I don't. <laughs> This is such a goofy game, JB. The 49ers are traveling across the country. Jameson Crowder might be missing. They're facing the Jets. Uh, the 49ers' weapons are all just in shambles and be walking into the stadium on crutches. I don't know what to do with this game. I know we can't pick the Jets, can we? No. No, we definitely can't pick the Jets. They're, they're, I don't see a chance of them winning the game. They're Anything that has to do with Adam Gaze, as long as he's there, I can't trust them to do anything. They're just, oh man, it's it's such a disaster there. And now Le'Veon Bell, who was their best offensive player, is no longer their best offensive player because he's out on IR. You're gonna see Frank Gore. They got Kalen Balaj again. This actually, this time it actually went through. So they got Kalen Balaj to add to that backfield. And uh, what are you gonna put? Chris Hogan and, and Brashad Perriman. I mean, even with Mosley and Witherspoon on the edges and, and not seeing Sherman, I still don't think they'll take advantage in that San Francisco Joey Bosa rush is going to be all up in Sam Darnold's face this week. I, I, I know. I know. So this is, might be one of those West fade moments right now. Okay. The Niners, though almost appear to have that Super Bowl hangover that they talk about where the loser of the Super Bowl just doesn't ever make the playoffs the next year unless your name is the New England Patriots, I believe. Mm-hmm. And just so many things are happening to them. And they have to go across. The, they're going to be playing this game so early for them. I know they could sleepwalk through this game and beat the Jets. But something is just telling me that the Jets are going to be able to pull this out. And I know that that's probably just an upset stomach is what's telling me that, JP. But I am real close to putting the New York Jets on our fit picks. And, hey, why not? I put the Dolphins on there last week, so I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. If I put the Jets on there, just know the 49ers will probably win. <laughs> hey, I mean, there's, there's always a chance, right? I think that it will be a closer game than people think because I do think that San Francisco is traveling, and you you made that mention of traveling across the country and playing an early game, which is always troublesome. But coming off of that disappointing loss last week, I think this is a get-right spot for them, and I think they'll come out wanting to prove something. If George Kittle doesn't play, can, do we do we need to run out and get Jordan Reed? No, I don't think so. I think there's enough tight end options out there that you can go with and not have to go with Jordan Reed. I, I just... Don't know what you're going to get out of him there. I think Kendrick Bourne is a guy who, if you want to take a stab at one of the pass catchers in San Francisco, I think Kendrick Bourne's a guy who will be matched up against Pierre Desir, who's just been awful for the last few years. You know, He really fell from where he used to be in Indianapolis. So I think if you're going to take a dart stab at one of the San Francisco pass catchers, it might be Kendrick Bourne this week. Most starts the guy to own in that backfield. Can you fire up anybody else? Can we stick with anybody else uh, this week as we try and f- figure out who we need to put in our lineups? Well, most it's definitely the guy, like you said. I do think that Jarek McKinnon has some standalone value. You saw him score, take a nice one to the house last week. Um, he's a pass catcher out of the backfield. They'll line him up in the slot occasionally also. So in a deep league, if you have McKinnon there and you might be dealing with some injuries at running back, He's worth throwing in there. I think he's got a chance of scoring again. He's a playmaker. You get that ball in, in Jet's hand, and he could take it to the house any play. Yeah, I'm going to have to see the proof in Tevin Coleman's pudding before I fire him up in my lineup. And as far as Jimmy G goes, I don't think there's enough weapons there to be able to say that Jimmy G is going to be a productive fantasy quarterback this week. Hey, the Jacksonville Jaguars want to know the Garden Garden Minshew mustaches are traveling to the Tennessee Titans. This looks like a fantastic opportunity for the Titans to put up a lot of fantasy points, especially with Derrick Henry. 
Yeah, Derrick Henry has a history of running all over Jacksonville, so I definitely think that he's going to be a popular option in a lot of lineups this week. Obviously, in all season long, you're firing up Derrick Henry, and I think this is a, a game that I think he averages like 150 yards every time he plays them, so definitely a fire-up Derrick Henry game. Do you think, though, that we can trust Tannehill as a quarterback? I think he had a bunch of fantasy points whenever he faced Jacksonville last year, like 33 fantasy points or something. I just don't know that they'll necessarily be throwing the ball that much. Exactly. With the banged up or maybe not even playing A.J. Brown and fifth-year breakout Corey Davis that I don't believe, um, I I don't think they'll throw the ball a lot at all. You might see some John U. Smith and Adam Humphreys over the middle type stuff, but it's going to be a Derrick Henry game. I think they'll be playing comfortably with the lead, and they'll be able to hand the rock off. I don't think anybody really wants to start Gardner Minshew, but he's just a fun guy to watch play. As far as fantasy purposes, though, I don't think we necessarily trust him as a fantasy quarterback. 95% completion percentage last week or something like that. Outstanding. Unbelievable. I can't believe that happened against the Colt defense. I'm looking at Robinson, though, and I don't know that I want to trust him now that everybody knows who he is. The Titans know who he is, too, so maybe they're going to be wanting to take that away. Yeah, and there was a lot of interesting things to see out of that game last week and out of that offense. Minshew going 19 for 20, nobody saw. But what you saw was his decision-making did improve. You know, last year when he used to run around like a chicken without a head and just try to fire something off his back foot across the field to make something happen, he wasn't making those decisions. He was taking the short sacks this time, and he looked to have learned a little bit and to improve as a quarterback. So I'm interested to see that moving forward. Robinson, I don't know that I believe in, but we do like to see is the volume he got. He was in there a lot. He got all the carries there. You barely saw any Chris Thompson. And I think that was partially because they were ahead and they were actually like in the game. I think that if this game does become a blowout and they're playing from behind, you might see more Thompson and less Robinson. So I'm not firing up any of them. Yeah, I I think you could trust Robinson as a flex play this week. I don't know that I want to trust any of the wide receivers, though, against that Titan defensive backfield. Oh, baby, the New York Giants going to my Chicago Bears, the Mitchell Trubisky-led Chicago Bears. (laughs) This is a crazy game. I I think that this is going to be one of the most exciting games of the weekend, not necessarily from a fantasy perspective, but if you, you know, just, just make sure your hair is long. So when you start grabbing your hair at all the mistakes these two young quarterbacks make, you got something to hold on to. (laughs) And I think it could actually does have the potential to be a higher scoring game than most people think. I I don't like either of those defenses as stout defenses. So I think that you might see some good fantasy production from both sides of the ball. On the Chicago side of things, one of my sexy flexies is Anthony Miller, who has one of the best wide receiver cornerback matchups of the week. I think that he's going to go off against that giant secondary that we saw Big Ben pick apart on Monday night. Allen Robinson, obviously, is Trubisky's guy. That's his go-to guy. He gets the most targets. A little bit of a squeaky wheel this week. We saw him in the news kind of making a social media presence and making his displeasure with the Chicago organization known. I do think he'll still get plenty of targets, but I think that it's a great setup for Anthony Miller on the other side, too. Yeah, and I will say this a hundred times. Mitch Trubisky and Allen Robinson cannot find that connection for the end zone. They just it it never it, it doesn't it doesn't happen as often as it should. They find it all day long in between the goal lines, but they just don't seem to be able to find that connection in the end zone. And I don't I I've thought about it and I know that Allen Robinson is a squeaky wheel and the squeaky wheel always gets oiled. Those wide receivers love to catch touchdowns. I don't know that that's going to happen again this week. I do like Anthony Miller's matchup again. He just seems like that guy who's catching touchdowns. And poor old Allen Robinson, you know, they had Hearns whenever he was in Jacksonville, and Hearns was making a lot of touchdown noise in Jacksonville, and it wasn't Allen Robinson. And now he goes here to Chicago, and once again, the same thing is happening, but this time it's with Anthony Miller. I I feel so sorry for Allen Robinson. I like Allen Robinson so much. I think he's a great receiver. He's probably a top 12 receiver in the league, Uh but if you look at even last week, game-winning drive coming down the sideline was Anthony Miller for the game-winning touchdown. And and granted, they play a little bit of a different role. Miller takes a lot of his snaps out of the slot. Darnay Holmes is the slot cornerback for the Giants who got eaten up last week. So that's another reason why I'm, I'm big on Miller this week. I think he goes off from the slot. But it's still going to be Allen from the outside. And when it gets down to the red zone, let's see if he could eat this week. 
Yeah, and don't forget, if you're in a pinch because maybe Blake Jarwin or Njoku or somebody like that that you got for a tight end that's sitting out the rest of the season, Jimmy Graham is probably out there on your waiver wire, and he might be a good option, and he's another person that you could put in your lineup that I'm sticking with as somebody who's going to catch a touchdown. He's totally touchdown dependent. You're not going to get a lot of receptions out of him, but he he's going to be good for maybe you know i want to say a touchdown a game but of course that's never going to happen but i think that this is a great spot for him as well here's an interesting thing about jimmy graham is our, our man coop has been all over jimmy graham all off season and what i saw this week is that he played 24 of his snaps in line but he played another 21 snaps from the slot and another seven out wide so you're seeing Jimmy Graham split out as a pass catcher, and that's definitely valuable if you look at this offense. They don't really have another outside receiver. So if you're going to get slot snaps and wide snaps from your tight end and Jimmy Graham, I mean, you see the one touchdown he got last week. It easily could have been three. Mm-hmm. There was one that he that got called back. He was just short. They called it a touchdown, and then they reviewed it, and he was just short. And there was another one that was just a missed throw. He could have had three touchdowns last week. So... I think Jimmy Graham's a very feasible option, especially if you lost a Jarwin or something. If it wasn't for David Montgomery's injury issues, I would say you can fire him up this week and stick with him in your fantasy lineups. But I'm still a little iffy on whether or not he'll be able to produce because of those injuries. And as always, stay away from Tariq Cohen, please. Please. (laughs) Yeah, I'm out. (laughs) <laughs> I told, I've been telling everybody that. I don't know why everybody still wants to recall. New York Giants, though, over on that side of the ball, they have I, – I'm sorry. I love the New York Giants offense. I, maybe it's just me. I thought that they could have pulled that game out in Pittsburgh or uh, against Pittsburgh last week. They were so close. That red zone interception that Daniel Jones had just totally deflated all hope. So whenever they put together that long drive coming out of the uh, halftime, I just – oh, that totally took away all my hope. Yeah, that was an awful decision. I don't know what he was trying to do there. The ball did get tipped, but you got to throw that one away sooner. That's 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 where you could see he's a young kid still learning the ropes. Yeah, but he, I mean, Slayton, he ate. Uh, Ingram, Ingram did not do anything. I don't think he's going to be able to do that again this week. Saquon Barkley was held in check, and I don't know that he'll be able to bounce back against the Chicago Bears. A very hard opening schedule for Saquon Barkley and those people who took him first in drafts, maybe second in drafts. Yeah, I think he has a rough stretch. There's three games in a row that are tough for him, and that kind of opens up a little bit. I do think that you know this Pittsburgh defense is obviously probably the best in the league, if not the second best in the league. I think that the Bears defense is good. Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan in the middle of that defense will stuff a run. Um, you know, you got Akeem Hicks right up there in the middle, big man stuffing up the middle. I think you'll see more out of Barkley this week. I think you'll see them try to spread him out, let him match up against Buster Screen there, who's their, the slot corner in Chicago. So if you get him split out, you, you get him in space, you'll see a little bit more from him. Slayton was really encouraging to see that rapport that he built with Jones last year. You could tell that Slayton's his go-to guy on the big plays, and Shepard will still have a role. I'm interested to see how things shake up when Golden Tate gets back mm-hmm. healthy. Yeah, you're, that's a great point. Slayton always seems to do this whenever Golden Tate's not in the lineup. So when he does come back in the lineup, how are things going to shake out? But I, would, I wouldn't I would shy away from starting any of those wide receivers. I think they put together a great game plan for Daniel Jones, and he's able to execute that game plan and find whatever weakness it is they that the opposing team has and exploit it. Let's look at the Rams and the Eagles. I don't think there's much we can say about the Eagles. I don't know if this is a Zach Ertz game bouncing back. Miles Sanders is supposed to be back. I don't know if I try trust that or not i'm definitely definitely not trusting the quarterback no and that offensive line looked terrible didn't oh, it boy. i feel like he was backpedaling the whole game and and obviously you know a lot of people ran out and grabbed boston scott and threw him in their lineup to to guilty. much disappointment i'm guilty <laughs> guilty <laughs> I had arguments with some of my FA Nation friends in, in a group chat about Boston Scott. I think Boston Scott's not a good player. I think he's a gimmick player. He's a change of pace, spell back. He's not a guy who could be your starting running back on any week, so I'm glad to see Sanders coming back. But, man, that offensive line looked rough, and, and I, I don't think even if it's Miles Sanders or Barry Sanders, anybody will be able to run behind that line especially against the Rams. The Rams are going to put tremendous amounts of pressure on Carson Wentz this week. They don't have any wide receivers. They could take away Ertz again and let Goddard eat all day long if they want to. I I don't see how the Philadelphia Eagles are going to move the ball. 
I thought that last week too. And then first quarter, I was like, oh, here you go, Wes. Dummy, you're going to have the dummy cone on your head again because the Eagles look good in the first quarter and then Washington just shut them down. I don't know if the Rams are going to even let them look good uh, in the first quarter. But once again, it's one of those early start times. Does Los Angeles come out flat or are they going to be able to just continue that momentum rolling from last Monday night? Think about that, Wes. Think about how you just got your offensive line just got eaten up by the Washington football team. Mm -hmm. And now you're trying to get right. And. (laughs) In comes the Rams with Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd in your face. Oh, my. Wee. <laughs> yeah, and, and Jalen Ramsey with a big play at the end of that game, drawing the pass interference, which may or may not have been a pass interference, but Ramsey's a, a savvy veteran who knew how to sell that properly. Um, what I like to see out of that offense was the offensive line looked good. That was an offensive line that was kind of a question mark coming in for the Rams to see how they scheme that. And almost every one of them graded out over 75 on PFF rankings last week. They played really well on the offensive line. I like to see that. You know, Robert Woods looked good. Cooper Cup did all right. The offense looked pretty good. Yeah, uh, Higby was missing. Everybody was, you know, Higby, 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 and Higby was missing. But I could look for a bounce back from him this week against that Eagles defense. Well, Everett also hurt his back, I believe, last week, too. So you might not see Everett or might not see as much of Everett, which would give Higby a boost. But I'm with you. I was off the Higby train all offseason. Yeah, Logan Thomas had a big week against the Eagles. And and here's a little caveat here that I've been thinking. And we're not to the Washington football team yet. So maybe I'll save it for that. For that. But as far as the Los Angeles Rams go, maybe it's not the offensive line that improved so much. Maybe it was the running backs. Maybe Todd Gurley being gone helped that offensive line a lot more than we think. Yeah, and Malcolm Brown's a guy who surprised a lot of people with his multi-touchdown game, and a lot of people who didn't draft him or where he wasn't drafted went and ran out to grab him. Um, You know, he was announced as the starter. We knew we'd see him, but we thought we'd see more Cam Akers than we did. He did mix in, but it was Brown that was the reliable guy. I think that will continue at least for a couple of weeks. They drafted Akers to be the guy. If Malcolm Brown was the guy, they wouldn't have drafted Akers where they did. They had Malcolm Brown. They knew what they had in Malcolm Brown. I think they trust him to be a early season, hey, here, take the the handoffs while we get this right before they hand the reins over to Akers. So I think he's still got a couple of good productive weeks out of Brown while Akers kind of mixes in to get his feet wet. We're sticking with all the Rams uh, fantasy production this week, and we are repelling all the Eagles, I believe. Yes, uh, sir. All right, this next one. Uh, before we get into it, though, let me remind all the listeners that they're listening to the Fantasy Magnet Show on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. And, of course, this is JB joining me, Wes Easley, on this podcast. You can find JB over on Twitter at Fantasy Coach JB. You can find me on Twitter at Loafinit. And JB, one of the things we want to encourage everybody to do is subscribe to the show. Make sure you slap all the stars. Leave a review if you can on any of the iTunes app or anything. You can head over to Anchor FM to find all the past episodes. It's probably fantasy relevant at some point, right? Uh, I think we had the Fantasy Magnet draft. We could, we could, you could always listen to that. That was a lot of fun with you, me, and Johnny uh, on that show. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a good time. And that league's actually coming out pretty good. We had a good week one in that league. It's a very competitive league. So definitely check out all the past episodes. Definitely stuff you can get out of it. This next game, though, I I love it from a fantasy perspective. I think there's a lot of fantasy weapons in that Minnesota Viking-Indianapolis Colt game. You know, you see Phillip Rivers change uniforms, but it was the same result, (laughs) just in a different time zone. (laughs) yeah and and that's another one where he was still you know it's a new quarterback in a new situation trying to get his feet wet I don't think anybody thought they were going to lose that game that was a surprise but yeah you know it's same old story can't get the job done at the end um what was encouraging to see was him building the rapport with Paris Campbell Paris Campbell was is my other sexy flexi this week he's got a great matchup as well coming out of the slot um, the Minnesota secondary is is Atrocious. their Achilles heel. It's it's really bad. It's a defense that their secondary pieces are, you know, Hill and Dantzler. And Dantzler was even uh, out of practice this week. So I don't even know, you know, Holton Hill got abused. And of course, you know, it's Green Bay. It's Devontae Adams. So you, you expect Holton Hill not to hold up. But I think Paris Campbell has established rapport with Rivers. He got a lot of targets. I think that, you know, T.Y. Hilton's T.Y. Hilton. He'll 
continue to be his his steady Eddie guy. But I think it's Paris Campbell that has the matchup this week that goes off for a big game and scores. And I love Naheem Hines. I'm really wondering if Naheem Hines. Yeah, it's hard for me to say that. That's a, that's a tough word, JB. <laughs> Naheem Hines. It's like it runs all together. Uh, Hines. I'll just call him Hines. Uh, it's really looking like to me that Hines might be the new Austin Eckler. It might be Philip Rivers' version of Austin Eckler just in a Colt uniform. You're absolutely right, and that's a perfect comparison because I think that he Rivers is looking at Hines as that kind of guy who he could use like an Eckler coming out of the backfield. We know Phillip Rivers loves passing to his running back, so he's got a guy in Hines who that's all he does. He, he catches passes out of the backfield. He's good at it. He's been good at it for a couple of years now, so of course with the Marlon Mack injury, it's a little bit it's brought a little bit more to the forefront. Jonathan Taylor supporters are excited about the opportunity that he's going to get. And he'll be the running back. He'll be the guy who gets the carries in a game that the Colts are winning or in a game that they want to pound the rock. I think it will be Jonathan Taylor. But you're right. Hines can be that Austin Eckler with Taylor being the Melvin Gordon and Rivers will have that type of backfield again. You're absolutely right. I stayed away from Dalvin Cook for one reason. I don't think that they have any other offensive weapons. And if they can take, people can take away Dalvin Cook. And I know he catches a lot of screen plays, but man, screens are one of those things that an offense runs that catches people off guard. If, but if you're just watching, if you got two eyes, two sets of eyes on Dalvin Cook, you know, four eyes all together, you got two linebackers just watching him, a linebacker and a safety or something like that, you're not going to catch anybody off guard. If you take away Dalvin Cook from that offense, I don't know how many points the Vikings are going to be able to score. And Adam Thielen's durability, he's just not going to be able to hold up over the, the length of the season. I don't like any Vikings. I know you got to start Dalvin Cook. I know you got to start Adam, Adam Thielen because of the volume. You might be able to start Kirk Cousins, but he definitely doesn't look like a sleeper this week. In this game, I love looking at Phillip Rivers as a sleeper just because of the Minnesota Viking defensive backfield. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that the Colts secondary is actually – their Achilles heel also. Right. I mean, you look at guys like Rocky Sin and Xavier Rhodes, who's uh, um, who's not the Xavier Rhodes of old. Um, I'm wondering if you see Xavier Rhodes come over to Shadow Thielen saying, hey, I've been practicing against this guy for years now. I know what he does. Maybe he tries to have a, a redemption game against Minnesota and, and Shadow's Thielen. I don't know. If he doesn't, Rocky Sin against Adam Thielen, I'm firing up Thielen. That's a great matchup for him. Lions versus Packers. Packers went crazy. I think we got that one right last week, JB. I didn't necessarily buy into Aaron Rodgers, but I knew Devontae Adams would have a good game. I just didn't know Aaron Rodgers was going to throw a touchdown to everybody. <laughs> he was yeah. throwing, he said, here's a touchdown for you. Here's a touchdown for you. Hey, take another touchdown. He was just going crazy. And the Detroit Lions right now without Kenny Galladay, listen, if you're passing to a guy named Cephas, I don't know who I want to trust in that offense, especially <laughs> if you don't have a running game. The running game was... They leaned on Adrian Peterson, who had been there for less than a week. Yep, yep. And you think about it, it's Matt Patricia, right? So Matt Patricia is of the Belichick tree. And you know how the New England backfield always works. And I feel like Matt Patricia is trying to do that in Detroit with a three-headed backfield that is going to drive fantasy managers through a roof. <laughs> and and Carry on Johnson was not even part of that. He was a he was the tail of that three headed backfield. He didn't have anything to do with anybody that last week. Hawkinson looked okay, but I I just don't want to trust any. I'm going to repel all the Detroit Lions this week. I'm going to stick with all the Packers, especially Aaron Jones. I think the Packers could jump out to a huge lead and then pound the rock the rest of the way. Aaron Jones was kind of quiet last week. I think this is a game where he makes some noise. Yeah, I agree. I do think that the game script will lean in his favor. I do think that I might stick with Hawkinson this week, especially if you don't see Galladay. I might still stick with Hawk because somebody's got to catch passes there. But on the Green Bay side of the ball, I do see the green, the game script leaning towards Aaron Jones and him having a bounce back game. It was interesting to see Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling all playing part in the offense. And what I like to see this week and and in a deeper league or in your DFS lineups, I'd put Valdez Scantling in there. And the reason why is he's going to be matched up against Desmond Trufant, who looked awful last week. Trufant's had some good seasons throughout his career. He was a first-round draft pick back in 2013, but he's not the same Trufant that we've seen in years past. And I think Valdez Scantling is actually starting to step up and show that, you know, this 6'4 receiver actually has something behind him. And 
Rodgers seemed to have trusted him last week, so I wouldn't mind firing a dart that way. Yeah, if that's one of your late late options there in a DFS slate, for sure, if you got to squeeze somebody in, the Packers, any of the Packers receivers would be good ones to sneak in. Atlanta Falcons at the Dallas Cowboys. Woohoo! Just uh, okay. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this game because you want to put everybody in your lineup possible on the offensive side of the field on both of these squads, don't we? Yeah, the one guy who I would be a little bit wary of is C.D. Lamb. I think that the Falcons' defense, their secondary's weakness are those outside corners. The outside corners got beat a lot last week, whereas their slot corner, as dark as Denard, actually is probably their best corner. So I think that you might see less Lamb this week, and it's a week where you're firing up Cooper and Gallup, who will definitely be able to produce for you. You know, it's crazy whenever I think about things as far as uh, college athletics and being a University of Alabama fan. I never thought I would see three Alabama wide receivers on the field at the same time being as productive as these three guys are. Ridley, Cooper, Julio Jones. It's just crazy whenever I think about it because for so long the University of Alabama was not known for that. But now you've got some predominant wide receivers in the league from there. And this week I'm going to fire up every one of them. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that it's a great matchup for Julio Jones. He's got Quandre Diggs, uh, Trayvon Diggs on the outside, excuse me. So I think that Alabama guy. <laughs> yep. See, there you go. There's a lot of Alabama in this game, so I think you're, you'll be watching this one. <laughs> <laughs> what I want to see out of this Atlanta offense is there's a lot of Russell Gage love coming off of last week. He got a lot of targets last week. He's that third receiver, the slot guy. But Hayden Hurst had a bad game last week. My philosophy on this offense is that Julio Jones and Stephon Ridley are, are oh, excuse me, that Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley are always going to produce. They're always going to get their targets. They're always going to have their games. And I think that the game will dictate if it's a Gage game or a Hurst game. And I don't think I want to play that coin flip. So I'm not a guy who ran out and grabbed Gage this week because I just feel like, you know, if it's a Gage week last week, maybe it's a Hurst week this week. Or if it's a Gage week this week, then it's definitely got to be a Hurst week next week, right? Like, they do throw the ball a lot, but I don't know that it could support four options. So I'm not really confident on taking a guy who could be the third or fourth option on an offense and putting him in my lineup. What about you? I can understand that feeling. I know they tried to hit Hayden Hurst a couple of times down the seam, so they were looking for a big play from him because he's so big, he's so fast, and he's and he's got really soft hands. So I think that they are looking to hit him on some big plays. Uh, around the end zone, I don't think that they're necessarily looking for him yet. That comes with time from a tight end and a quarterback standpoint of being able to build that rapport, and I don't think that's there yet. As far as Russell Gage goes, he needs to be on your bench because it, Calvin Ridley – and Julio Jones both end up being a little bit hurt during the week. And maybe, maybe there's going to be that time when the Falcons are looking at being uh, uh, two and two and ten. And you want somebody on your squad from that team because they are going to throw the ball a ton, especially without a running backfield, like the, especially without a running game like I believe they have in Todd Gurley. And Todd Gurley is not getting any targets, I don't think. No, they pass to their wide receivers. Ryan likes passing his wide receivers. And you're right. I would stash Gage on your bench in case of an injury, but I wouldn't feel confident rolling him out there with all those weapons. He's going to be a great bye week option, though. We got the Buffalo Bills and against the Miami Dolphins. It's almost to a time in Miami. I, it just felt like it last week. I don't know that he's necessarily ready. But the Dolphins' offense did not look great. They didn't know, it didn't look like they knew what they were doing in the backfield. I can't be confident in any of those backfield options. I don't know that I can be confident in anybody. Jacecki really let me down. But the Buffalo Bills, man, you are, I am sticking to everybody I can find from a Buffalo Bills standpoint. Well, I am still sticking with Gasicki. We knew Gasicki had a bad matchup last week. So it was a week that it was a week that you can kind of start somebody else and wait on him. This was actually a perfect week to target him in trade offers. So if it's not too late, try to get one out there and try to grab him while you, while his value is low coming off a bad game. But Miles Gaskin, who saw that coming? I'm not, I'm repelled by that offense. So there is no way I'm going anywhere near anybody not named Gesicki in that offense. No I way. Just, Fitzpatrick just looks, look terrible, terrible. 
I, I expected, I, you know, I don't know why I expected more out of Fitzpatrick. I definitely didn't expect, you know, great things out of Fitzpatrick, but I didn't expect that either. I don't know if it was the New England defense or if it was Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he just did not. He looked like he was a guy who knew his time was almost over. You know, that's what he looked like to me. Yeah, I mean, he, he's ready to collect the paycheck as a backup. You know, he's he's done taking the press conferences and the whole Fitz magic. He wants to just collect the paycheck to hold the clipboard. So he knows his time's coming and it's coming soon. Well, that's not good, though, for fantasy owners and the Dolphins. I, I, I would get whatever I could for Gusecki at this point. I just, I don't, and I don't know what to expect out of Tua whenever he gets in there. Look, I'm, I'm bailing out on all the Dolphins. The Dolphins are going for the number one draft pick or something. I don't know what they're doing. But Buffalo looked really good. Josh Allen threw the ball a ton last week. I don't know what to do in that backfield necessarily, but I don't mind firing up everybody else from the wide receiver standpoint for Buffalo yeah, the wide receivers look good. The passing game in general looked good. And, and as far as the running game goes, it's definitely tricky because you saw Zach Moss come out there and, and make a little bit of a statement last week. You know, we were on Zach Moss in the offseason. He was a guy who I was drafting in the 11th round a couple months ago and ended up moving up to being like a 6th or 7th round pick. And their GM just came out this week and said that they see Moss being like a Frank Gore type role from last year, which is kind of what I've been saying for a few weeks now of how I saw that shaken out. So that backfield's a little bit tricky. If you're in a standard league and you're looking for a guy who's going to get the red zone carries and could score the touchdown, it might be Moss at this point. He might be a guy who's startable in a, in a standard league lineup right now. Did you see that pass where Josh Allen threw it behind the receiver that was in the end zone <laughs> and it went into the stands? Yeah, <laughs> and the receiver turned around and looked behind him like somebody was supposed to catch it behind him. <laughs> like who are you throwing that ball to, bro? <laughs> Josh Allen, I I had him as one of my busts or whatever we call them, our bold predictions. I don't know that I'm necessarily wrong yet, but uh, Josh Allen is making me look wrong right now. So I, I he might have a good return on that seventh uh, quarterback off the board at this point. We yeah, got to I'd watch. Like to see- I'd like to see him in Diggs for a couple of games. I'd like to see how that rapport works. And I do want to see the Diggs versus Howard matchup this week. Xavier Howard is a pretty decent cornerback. So I'd like to see how that one goes and see if Allen and Diggs can have a connection there. Yeah, a really easy schedule. High. Here, it might. You know, we need to look at their schedule because it might be a sell high for the Buffalo Bills at some point. Washington football team against the Arizona Cardinals. How about Kyler Murray? I I wondered whether or not there was going to be any other quarterbacks to take that step forward and become a Lamar Jackson type. Maybe we saw Kyler Murray stepping into a role like that, which is not going to help fantasy owners that drafted Kenyon Drake. But man, I was impressed by him, his connection with Hopkins as well. Yeah, and he was the guy this offseason who people were talking about if there was going to be a surprise guy who could be like a Lamar or would be Kyler. So it was encouraging to see how he played week one in a, in a tough matchup, too. He played really well in a tough matchup against a good defense. And what you saw right off the bat was a rapport with Hopkins. Him and Hopkins connected a lot early and often, and he was going that way as a smart quarterback would with Hopkins on their side, right? Yeah, you can drop Christian Kirk as far as, that's, as, far as I'm concerned. When somebody puts up like a, a zero on the fantasy radar, right? he's done. He's done. He's off my squad. I don't care what matchup he had. I don't care. He's off my squad. Yeah, and my man Ryan Hallam made a good point yesterday when he brought up the point that a lot of Kirk's production last year was on one or two games. So it it looked good on paper, but really limited in in games that he was productive for your fantasy team. Yeah, and as far as the Washington football team, your guy Peyton Barber stepped up to kind of take hold of that backfield, it looks like. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you that I saw that coming because I I (laughs) kind of hoped that he would get a chance. And it does look like he's the guy that Ron Rivera is trusting with the goal line work, with the short yardage work. I do think it's going to be Gibson's backfield. I think Gibson is going to eventually be the guy who who is the lead back there. Um, It was good to see Barber. And it's funny because the day that Adrian Peterson got cut, Everybody was talking about Gibson, talking about love. And I retweeted the tweet on Sunday that I tweeted out that day that said, everybody's talking about Gibson and love, but what if it's really Peyton Barber that's the lead back? And it sure looked like it was this week. I just don't know that that's going to last for long. 
Yeah, it looks like the role will expand, but hats off to Ron Rivera. And really what they did against the Philadelphia Eagles last week, well, what he did as a player, the, the defense really shined through. I am putting up the I, – I don't want to say plant the flag because I have terrible success with tight ends. But maybe Logan Thomas is the new Greg Olson in this system. You know, Ron Rivera made a star out of Greg Olson, and, and uh, you know, everybody, Cam Newton had a little effect in it. But maybe Logan Thomas is going to be the new Greg Olson. Yeah, Logan Thomas played a lot of snaps and got a lot and ran a lot of routes last week. Mm-hmm. Andrew Cooper is the tight end guru, our buddy. He put out an article also talking about waiver wire pickups for tight ends, and it pained him because he's a big Jimmy Graham guy. So he really wanted to put Jimmy Graham first. But when he ran the numbers, it was Logan Thomas that the numbers pointed to with all the routes that he ran. They're using Thomas as a pass catcher. Jeremy Sprinkle's in there to block. Logan Thomas is in there to catch passes. So he's definitely a guy who you could throw out there in your tight end spot. I know a lot of people ran to the waiver wire to grab him this week, and I think he'll be productive. Yeah, Jeremy Sprinkle is not going to be any contest whatsoever for that. You know what I like about Logan Thomas? He used to be a quarterback, and quarterbacks know what quarterbacks want. So he's able to find those weaknesses, maybe be able to read the defenses a lot better. So Logan Thomas is a guy to go out and get. I, I you know, you can we can stick with a McLaurin. You got to put him in your lineups every week. I think Logan Thomas is a guy to put in there. The Baltimore Ravens. We can stick with every Baltimore Raven on the offensive side of the ball almost against the Houston Texans this week. I think that the backfield for Baltimore really confuses me. The reports are saying that it's going to change each week. I, I don't know if that's true. I can't believe that he outtouched Ingram last week. I, I don't know what to do there. And from the Houston Texans standpoint, JB, I don't, I don't, I'm, I, I hate that I drafted so many shares of their quarterback. <laughs> well, what was scarier for me than seeing Dobbins out touch Ingram was Dobbins get the red zone work. Mm-hmm. That's where I thought it would be the veteran, where not only will you give him the nod to give him the touchdowns, but Ingram's that little, you know, ball of fire that could just shoot through the middle and pound the rock in for the touchdown. And the fact that it wasn't Ingram there in the red zone scares me as a guy who drafted Ingram in a couple of places. Um, I do think the game script might have had a, a a big part of that, Wes. I think that because they were up handily in a game that they pretty much figured that they were winning from the get-go, they might have said, let's get the rookie in there, let's get him some burn, let's let him get his feet wet. We know what we got in Ingram, we'll let him kind of chill this game and we'll bring him back next game. I'm repelling from that backfield this week and I don't know that, you know, Willie Sneed is a guy that I want to fire up as good of a week he had last week. But what I will say is my man Hollywood Brown is a guy who I'm all yeah. over. If Anytime you got a guy matched up against Vernon Hargraves, you're taking that matchup. I've watched Vernon Hargraves fall on his face for years in Tampa. He's an awful cornerback. And if that's the matchup that Hollywood's getting this week, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go for two touchdowns. What a tough schedule for the Texans to start out with. I I don't I I just I don't want anything to do with the Texans offense this week. Yeah, like we talked about David Johnson a little bit earlier and staying away from him against that run defense. Um, you know, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, you don't know. I mean, it looked like Watson was treating Fuller as the one. They have a good rapport. He's a good he's a good solid receiver when he's healthy but he's got marcus peters this week so i'm not gonna put him out there i i love watson as a quarterback i just you know my guy if i'm gonna start anybody and it's gonna be a deep dive at tight end i'm starting him in the scott fishbowl which is a tight end premium so i'm starting a couple of tight ends it's jordan akins don't don't akins don't jb no jb jordan akins i I called jordan akins having eight touchdowns this year before the year started he got one last week I wouldn't be surprised to see him get his second this week. He's a big guy. He's athletic. He's 6'4", 240, and he's the sickest athlete on the field, I think. I think if yeah, Watson is smart, he's going to start going that way and using that ability that Aikens has and brings to that offense. He did have a nice little move last week when he made that guy go right under, under him. him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was a cool little move. I, I do not endorse that endorsement of yours. All right, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to the San Diego Chargers or wherever they're playing nowadays. And the Kansas City Chiefs, we have no problems starting any of that offense, do we? Can we look for a bounce back from Hardman, though? I don't think so. I don't think we're going to see that yet. Honestly, I think that 
Hardman's a guy who is directly tied to Tyreek Hill. If Tyreek Hill gets injured, we talk about handcuffs for running backs all the time. We don't really talk about handcuffs for wide receivers. I think Hardman is the handcuff for Tyreek Hill. If Tyreek Hill gets hurt, if something happens to Tyreek, that's when we're going to see Hardman. But I don't think we're going to see it yet. I think Watkins is, is going to be that guy until he decides to give up on football. Obviously, you got Travis Kelsey. So it's going to be Hill, Kelsey. Then you'll get Watkins in there. I, I think that you're not going to see Hardman unless something happens to Tyreek. And as far as the Chargers go, a really disappointing time for Austin Eckler. I don't know that you can trust him, but you got to play him because of where you drafted him. Uh, and I don't know that I can put anybody else, though, in that lineup that I have as far as fantasy goes. Yeah, Mike Williams looked good. I thought I didn't play him last week because I thought he had an injury to that shoulder, but he kept taking hits and he kept getting up and he looked healthy. Obviously, we know Tyrod Taylor is a quarterback that we're not really trusting, but he has a history of just chucking the ball up to his big receivers. He did it with Sammy Watkins when he had him in Buffalo. So I think if there's any receiver you're going to take a shot on, it's going to be Williams, but he's going to be your flex or your wide receiver three, not a guy that you're rolling out with confidence. New England Patriots to the Seattle Seahawks. Woo, Seattle just threw the ball all over the place. I like the backfield in Seattle too, but Chris Carson was that receiving back, which I didn't expect necessarily. And I didn't expect Russell Wilson to throw the ball all over the field. Look, I, I'm not going to say start Carlos Hyde in a flex spot, but you can definitely start all those other four options. Metcalf, Lockett, Russ, and Carson for sure, right? Yeah, Russ looked great last week. Russ looked like he wanted to be mentioned with the Mahomes and Lamar Jackson tier. Russ is saying, wait, wait, don't forget about me. I, I'm, I'm the superhero here. <laughs> don't forget about me and you know i love dk metcalf dk looked good he had a big drop last week but he made up for it on like the next series he he caught a big touchdown lockett and metcalf are, are one of the best wide receiver duos in the league chris carson you know i love Hyde did play a role last week but it might have been them easing carson back from a little bit of a banged up uh was it a hip yeah, it was a hip, but I'm telling you, Carlos Hyde is going to find his touches there. As far as New England goes, I, I you could fire, you could you could stick with their defense, right? I think I'm going to repel all offensive le- weapons other than Cam Newton. I don't even think I'm going to go Cam this week. Um, where you drafted Cam, you drafted him almost as a quarterback too, so you probably have a better option this week where he was yeah. going in drafts. Yeah. I think going up against the Seattle defense, I think, is not a great matchup for him. If you take away those two rushing touchdowns, he didn't have a great game. The no. two rushing touchdowns made it stand out more. Offensive line played really well. I don't know that they'll be able to do that again. So I don't know that this is a game that I would fire up, Cam. I think I'd wait and see on that one. Okay. I, I, I That's probably good sound advice. Uh, I'm not going to drink that Cam Newton Kool-Aid all the way today, uh, but... It was fun to watch him having fun. <laughs> it was. It was good to see him out there again, smiling, doing his Superman thing. You know, I, I don't think we're going to get the MVP of 2015, but it's good to see that personality out there again, having a good time. And the New Orleans Saints against the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders really looked good. I, I think the only person to play here is Josh Jacobs again. I, Darren Waller, I, I suppose you could try and start him. I don't know that you want to start any of the wide receivers or count on them. And as far as the Saints go, what what are they doing on offense? What what are they doing? What are they trying to do? Michael Thomas isn't going to be there. I, I guess they're going to really run the ball heavy this week in Las Vegas. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of Kamara this week. I think you might even see Kamara split out and see him in there at the same time as Lat Murray. Um, I think Jared Cook gets a bump. I think, uh, you know, people are talking Traquan Smith, but I, I wouldn't do it. I think Emmanuel Sanders will get a bump in targets. He wasn't out there as much last week. Think about it, new team, rough offseason, still kind of learning the offense. So he wasn't out there as much last week, but he's forced into a role this week with Michael Thomas being out. So I think it's going to be Kamara. I think it's going to be Cook, and I think it's going to be Sanders this week. And I, I look, the Raiders gave up 30 points to a bad team last week. So I definitely think that even those secondary pieces – the Cooks and the Sanders are are, good, are guys who you can put in your lineup with confidence this week and might actually help your DFS lineups at a better price, too. I'm going to repel Sanders. It's it's a lot of teams in a short period of time. I, I 
think you got to build up a rapport with Drew Brees. It, I don't. I don't think Sanders looked like he was comfortable in that offense, and Drew Brees wasn't looking his way last week. You're right. For most of the game, they weren't. Towards the end of the game, he started to pick up a couple of more targets. So Brees was starting to go to him towards the end. So maybe they build off of that. But you're right. For the most of that game, and I watched every snap of that game. For most of it, he wasn't looking his way, and it was it was not encouraging for somebody who drafted Sanders. Yeah, I do think I, Cooks get a big bump, though. I, I do like Cook. Latavius Murray, surprisingly enough, was their running back, while Avin Kamara seemed more of the receiving back until it got down to the goal line. Yeah, and again, I, I, I'm not taking a lot of week one running back snap play or, or shared backfield stuff into that much consideration because, again, with the funky offseason, no preseason games, I think a lot of coaches were kind of sharing the backfield duties so as to ease their guys in and to kind of share the workload and not have somebody come out there and play a full game with no preseason games. I, I don't I don't think we'll see as much shared backfield as we saw in week one going forward. Okay. Well, I, we'll have to wait and see how that shakes out a little bit more in New Orleans. JB, good show. Went through a lot of names, went through a lot of players, a lot of great fantasy advice, as you always get here on the Fantasy Magnet Show on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. JB, tell everybody where they can find you, please, sir. At Fantasy Coach JB on Twitter. Love interacting with you guys. Definitely hit me up if you have any questions. Feel free to slide into the DMs with your start-sit advice. Always tweet at me. I'm always on there to interact with you guys and happy to help. And you can find me on Twitter at Loafinit on Twitter. Wes Easley at Loafinit on Twitter. Make sure you follow all of us. You can even find the show over at FI Today with a little underscore on Twitter. And it has all the host names on the bio there on Twitter. And you make sure you follow each and every one of them so you can stay up to date on all things that are going on on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. And you can also find there, I will end up pinning our picks, our fit picks, like we had last week that we uh, referenced a couple of different times in this show. And make sure you subscribe to the show. If you're on the iTunes app, slap those stars for us. Make sure you leave a review if you can. But the more important thing than any of those actions that we ask of you is that you go out and find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. 